0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Free agency kicks off this week, an exciting time. Around the NBA, make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office, YouTube channel, turn on those notifications as well. And of course, go follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is. You listen to podcasts, Keith, lots of stuff to break down today, tons and tons and tons to get into. And I guess the big thing, finally, finally John Collins has been traded.
2: He has, which means the death of the John Collins rumors. So we bow our heads in silence to John Collins with a little, uh, I believe it's Chopin's funeral march there. So classying up this joint a little bit here in front of the show. I like it. Uh, Yeah, it's no Beal Bells, but it's it's still fun. But yeah, no more John Collins on the Hawks. Finally happened. Uh, He's going to be traded to the Utah Jazz. Where do you want to start with this? Because there's some really fun wrinkles in this uh, that are related to both sides of this trade. So I'm good with either one.
1: Let's start with the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks have been have been talking John Collins trades forever, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's that's literally been a thing on our show for y- years now. <laughs> since
2: right? we relaunched, yeah. Right, much. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, we've been talking John Collins trades since as long as I can remember. And they've been holding out to get a good return for him. And now here they get Rudy Gay and his second round pick. What's the motivation here for the Hawks?
2: Yeah, for the Hawks, this is all about clearing salary, right? They, they have been down this path, have not found a trade that they felt like made sense to them. For them to take back anything approaching Collins's salary, it was going to have to be for a really good player. Because now there's been mixed reporting on this. Some national guys have said the Hawks needed to have a mandate from ownership to get out of the tax. Uh, some local guys said that's not really a thing. So that's kind of how that game gets played. Mm-hmm. But we'll assume. That that that's true. That the Hawks need to get out of the tax, and if that's where they needed to go, they could only take back so much money in a Collins trade. Otherwise, they're basically right where they were before. So this is a straight salary dump. This is they're they're clearing about eighteen point eight million uh, in the swap from Collins to Ruby Gay for this season. They wipe out seventy eight point five million in total money for Collins off the books through this season upcoming season through the next two years after that that clears up quite a bit of flexibility for atlanta the mechanics on this are kind of fun so in this trade uh this trade will get delayed until july 6th which is after the moratorium so in the new league year and a big part of that is because atlanta excuse me utah needs to use cap space to bring in john collins They won't have cap space until Mm -hmm. uh, the new league year. The biggest reason for that is not even really about contracts coming off the books. It's because the dead money for Russell Westbrook gets wiped off the books and they start over essentially with the guys they have. And we'll touch more on the Utah side in a minute. On the Atlanta side, though, that delay actually helps them because what's going to happen now is they have a six point three million dollar traded player exception. From the Justin Holiday trade last trade deadline, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen is that trade traded player exception that TPE is not big enough to bring in Rudy Gay right now, but in the new league year when the when it flips over, that the you know how trades have the plus one hundred thousand to to like amendment to whatever the salary coming in that increases to two hundred thousand. At that point, it will be large enough to bring in Rudy Gay. They'll bring by, yeah, by like, wow, they will bring in Rudy Gay into that TPE, which will allow them to create a full traded player exception of $25.3 million for John Collins' outgoing salary. Because in theory, they're bringing Gay into the trade exception. So they will not take any uh, salary back indirect for Collins uh, in that trade.
1: I mean to get to be that close to where going up an extra hundred thousand dollars allows the trade to to go through using that, except like that 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 like never happens. Never. Right. Happens. I mean, yeah, in right. re, in real yeah. world money, hundred thousand dollars is a lot, <laughs> but we're talking about yeah. a tiny fraction of, of money here in, in NBA in the NBA sphere. So yeah, that's minimal. that is yeah. that's unbelievable.
2: So yeah, so so Atlanta frees up long term flexibility. Rudy Gay. I don't even know that he stays on the roster there. They may end up waiving him. If he does, it's pretty much as a locker room presence. He just doesn't have much left at this point in the tank. Why freeing up the long-term salary flexibility is huge for Atlanta. DeJounte, Mari, Anyeka Kongwu, Sadiq Bay, all are due new contracts. All are extension eligible this summer. Uh, Okongwu and Bay would be rookie-scale extension eligible. Mari, veteran extension eligible. Mari doesn't make enough, even with the new kind of better, fixed, more lucrative veteran extension rules. He doesn't make enough to get extended off that. So mm-hmm. he's probably going to carry into free agency in 2024. But now with Collins' money off the books, they can extend Okongwu. Maybe Bay, we'll see what that looks like. We'll see if they want to extend him or not. And then Murray, um, they can feel a little bit better about resigning him a year from now because, again, you don't have that money long-term sitting on the books for Collins. So for the Hawks, that's the whole goal here. Short-term and long-term flexibility both freed up uh, in the span of one move, even though the return for John Collins is basically a second-round pick at this point.
1: Well, And then jumping over to the Jazz you get what I think is could be a pretty good fit long-term next to Walker Kessler. I think he makes a lot of sense playing there. Um, you can also go go smaller if you want to run Lowry Markinen out there on the floor. So I think this makes sense for them to take the risk. Look, you and I have both been John Collins fans. I don't think last season is indicative of what he really is as a player, he shot extremely poorly. There were fit concerns. He was doing some things in Atlanta that just didn't make sense after the the arrival of DeJounte Murray, or at least it makes sense in terms of maximizing his own potential. So I, I think now with Utah, we could very well see a resurgent John Collins. And so I think this is a this is Utah being opportunistic and taking advantage of the new CBA coming into effect, which is which is probably part of what uh, pushed the Hawks to go ahead and do this move. So I think this is a nice move for the Jazz. They do take on some future salary, but for a player who, if it works, will be, I think, a pretty good fit for them.
2: I And I'll just say this, anybody wants more in-depth uh, thoughts on this trade, I have written about it for Spot Track. It's up on my timeline with the link. It's also up on the site about what happened with this trade. But to your point, yeah, Utah jumps in here and snags a good player for it's almost nothing. And the reason why I say that is yes, it's 78.5 million Oda Collins, but the reality is in the new CBA, you have to basically spend all the way to, to the cap, uh-huh. because if you don't, you're going to, you're going to have restrictions put on you and you're not going to share in the luxury tax payments, all that stuff. So there's no benefit to sitting miles under the luxury cap or luxury tax, rather like, or under the, let me rephrase that whole thing there's no benefit to sitting miles under the salary cap because you can't carry that into season the way like the Indiana Pacers did with Miles Turner and then renegotiated and extended his deal. Once the regular season starts, you're basically going to get a cap hold put on your books. That's going to say you're at the salary cap, um, even though you're not because they don't want teams sitting on You know, millions in cap space and then doing these deals where they just eat contracts and all that other stuff. The idea is spend the money in the summertime on free agents, bring your salary up that way. So in this case, the Jazz jump in, they grab John Collins, shot 29% from the floor from three last year with a completely messed up finger. Mm -hmm. Assuming that finger can be fixed and it's not a forever thing. I think he'll go back to being the 37 or so percent three-point shooter that he was the prior five seasons. And if he does, that's really, really good for, for the Jazz. They'll play one of the biggest front lines in the league with Walker, Kessler, John Collins, and Laurie Markinen at the three. And I know already because I've seen it all over social media and the Jazz folks who cover the team are doing a great job pushing back. Laurie Markinen is basically a three. That's what he's played the last two yeah. seasons for both Utah and Cleveland the year before he's played in these jumbo lineups. He, he, that's what he is. He's a three at this point and he does just fine there. And guess what? He also holds up fairly well defensively at that position against most threes. He can move his feet a little bit better than he gets credit for. So now you've got some lineup flexibility, but mostly this was about snagging an undervalued asset at its lowest when you have to fill that out. Anyway, the jazz still, so mechanics on their side, right? They're going to bring Collins into cap space, which again, I said it already needs is why this needs to wait until the new league year to happen, but they can do this, whether Jordan Clarkson and Taylor Norton Tucker opt out or whether they both opt in or one does one doesn't, doesn't matter. They still have enough cap space to do it either way to absorb Collins' salary. They can do it with Kelly Olenek and his partially guaranteed salary on the books. Doesn't matter again. They'll be just fine. So they're able to do this trade no matter what, um, and then they'll figure it out from there. They can still create over twenty-eight million dollars in cap space after doing the Collins trade with because they're bringing, like I said, eighteen point eight million more on the books than they would add for Rudy Gay. So, so they drop off, you know, some some of their uh, potential, um, you know, cap flexibility, but they're coming in with, you know, you know, a new a good player and still plenty of flexibility to do whatever they need to do. Home run trade for the yeah. Jazz, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Great trade for the jazz who could, I mean, this dip hand, how well they play. They played great at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. This could put them right in the mix to be a playoff team as well. Just give them that kind of firepower. Um, not to say that John Collins is this all-star level player or anything, sure. but he's another good player that they can add into the mix here. And then we'll see what they do from here. They have tons yep. of options moving forward, tons of flexibility, got a young team. They've got, I mean, things are looking up in, in Utah. That's for sure.
2: Do you think this sends a signal that they're, they're going to try to win? This mm-hmm.
1: year now. Yeah, no, right. I think it I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. You know, he's young enough to where he can be part of a, the future as well. Yep. But if you're going to pay a guy the amount of money that John Collins is going to get, I, I think that says that, yeah, you're ready to start making a little bit of a push, win some games right now. I'm sure they're going to keep all options open. Should they hit be hit by injuries or something? It's pretty easy for them to, you know, rev up the tank once again and, uh, and go for another high draft pick. But I think they see that the potential is there for them to win this season after what they showed last season. As the blueprint, and uh, they'll see what they've got. Maybe they shift midseason, but I think they go into this season thinking, yeah, let's go for it.
2: Yeah, I think now too, a couple people asked um, across social media, what does this mean for Taylor Hendricks, who they just drafted, who um, I really like out of UCF, kid I saw play here in the Orlando area. I think this is fine, right? Now he can come along a little slowly. He, he only is coming in after one year at the college level. Utah mm-hmm. can just kind of work him in, figure out, you know, how he fits. He'll still probably see 25 minutes a night in his rookie year, uh, just mostly probably coming off the bench. And that that's fine. You know, you're going to. It, front courts play, you know, anywhere between four or five, six guys, depending on how you view the three position. So they're, they're fine in Utah. He'll still see plenty of minutes. It's just now they're not probably going to throw him into the starting lineup right away. And then over the next year or two, they'll that that'll all sort itself out and they'll figure it all out as they move things forward.
1: All right. Let's um, let's jump over to, well, we'll talk about my Lakers here. Um, Today, I was informed, sources told me, that uh, the Lakers, when they drafted Jalen hood Shafino, were doing so potentially to use him as a replacement for Austin Reeves in the event that the contract offer presented to Reeves in free agency got too large. Now, Lakers fans obviously reacted very strongly to this, and, and for good reason. Nobody wants to see Austin Reeves leave the Lakers this just suggests that maybe there's a breaking point for the Lakers that maybe there is a number that they would not match if he was offered that kind of a deal. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to have some type of a fallback option. If that is any kind of a thought, it would be foolish for them not to have some type of a backup plan in the event that they do wind up losing Austin. I don't think they want to lose Austin Reeves. I think they're going to do everything they can to keep him, but Uh, This is just interesting that now, potentially, there's a breaking point for them. Remember, they can match every offer, but if a team comes along and gives them a massive deal, maybe the Lakers start to consider blinking.
2: Yeah, I think your challenge for the Lakers is you just have to be smart about how you approach this summer because Mm -hmm. with all of their guys, there has to be a walkaway number and it's important. You know what that walkaway number is now yep. versus just, uh, we'll figure it out when we get there. You can't, if you do that, you're in trouble, right? That's where you won't react the right way. You'll make a poor decision one way or the other, because every single player outside of the true super duper stars who should be making, you know, in terms of NBA scale, like 60 or $70 million a year and that's, Coming in a few years, but right now should be making that Everybody has a number where their contract flips to a bad contract, right? That's just the reality of how these things work So what happens is if you go into it with that, we'll figure it out when we get there Now what happens if you're like, all right, we like Austin Reeves And we're going to match whatever it is, and we do that Then it turns into, all right, well, we'll do that for Rui Hachimura. All right, no, D'Angelo no, no. Russell, even though he's not a restricted free agent, but we want to keep him. But he has a number and all right, we'll go five million more to make sure we keep him. And then, you know, player X and Y and Z, too. And then all of a sudden now you're in a spot where it's like, whoa, how do we get so expensive? Right. Whether it be in terms of single year money or long term money or whatever it is, that's what you want to avoid. And one of the ways you avoid that is you have lined up replacements ready to go. I'm not saying the Lakers were super locked in on Austin Reeves is going to become what he became when they let Alex Caruso walk away right. a couple of seasons ago. But the reality is it was probably the part of the thought process of, well, we figure we can land somebody to replace them. And that's kind of what you do here with Jalen hood schifino is, all right, if it gets silly with Austin Reeves, then we're at least somewhat covered, right? Instead of, all right, now we're starting from scratch and we have to go, you know, figure this out all over again. Because I heard, you know, some people suggesting they should have gone bigger, right? You should have went with, you know, someone with more size at, at, at with that 17th draft pick and all the things that people say. You know, a lot of people, rightly so, this is going all around a bunch of different places. Like, why did we not snag Cam Whitmore? Because it yeah. fell, right? But the reality is, you know, we don't know what's going on with Cam Whitmore more and more will come out but there's the potential that some of those teams that passed on them were the teams that had him flagged due to medical issues. And we're like, no, and I'll tell you guys, nothing puts a player on you. Do not draft list more than a failed medical. And it can be different by all teams, right? Some teams are, eh, we we can deal with that. We'll figure it out. Other teams are, nope, not, you know, that's a no go for us. we we got to get out of this. You know, we're not even going that direction. So, so, and I don't know that that's what happened there, but, Maybe that's why they they want the direction they went. But, yeah, I mean, there is a world where the Reeves number gets stupid and the Lakers should walk away. I don't think it's going to happen. Secretly, I can tell you, I think the Lakers would love, not even secretly, this part's not secret, they would love Austin Reeves to sign for the most they could give them, which is Uh like just over $50 That's not going to happen. I'm fairly confident in that because some other team is going to come in and for no other reason than to make the Lakers pay him, they're going to give him a, you know, bigger offer sheet than that by a good amount. Then what happens is if you're the Lakers is this is the more secretly part. And I don't even know if this is all that much of a secret. I don't think they really care as long as it doesn't get in a stupid territory. You know, if it turns into, all right, we did give them a hundred million it is what it is right we Mm -hmm. will do it we'll we'll figure it all out from from there and where everything's going cap wise 100 million you know which is that we've covered it many times the cap hits will be very weird you know for the lakers if they have to match that but 25 million average annual value not the worst thing in the world for a guy like austin reeves not with where the cap is headed that's that's pretty good value
1: Yeah, agreed. Look, I'm not when I was reporting this earlier today, I'm not saying Austin Reeves is leaving the Lakers. I'm not saying he wants to leave. I'm not saying the Lakers want him to leave. It's just that perhaps there's a number out there that they that they think, okay, well, we're not going to uh, cross this. And that's something that they have to be thinking Mm -hmm. about. They have to be considering that. And in case that does happen, they need to have a a fallback plan. So it makes it, it does make a lot of sense. And, to have and, drafted JHS are, as maybe if need be break glass in case of emergency a replacement.
2: Yeah and so two other things with this just on the JHS part. He's a good player. Like they got mm-hmm. a good value with him. A lot of people had him going towards the end of the lottery. So so that's part of it. The other part that I'll say is you know really good here too is the um the the Lakers portion of this is how do I phrase this? The it. You can get up to, you know, a $30 million a year average annual value contract for Austin Reeves and for the Lakers, because of the uniqueness of having to match that, they can still match it. It just makes those outer years that much messier, right? Is, is where that gets, gets super messy. And if they have to do that, that gets into a spot where where...
0: we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. you need indeed.
2: Sorry, I tried to mute before the dogs lost <laughs> that, their mind. that was pretty good. That was good
4: timing. Did there. I catch
2: it? Almost, yeah. right? So they yeah, they went in there. But yeah, and so I'll finish my, my point. If it gets really silly, the Lakers have to be cautious because that you know, mid-level, mid-level salary jump to 30 million, 30 million, that mm-hmm. starts jumping closer to 40 million, 40 million. That's where the that could start to get you know untenable for the Lakers, especially considering those are post LeBron years that guy would now he'd be tying up a quarter of your salary cap and that gets to be a little weird and a little wonky on that one. So that's just, you know, we're, we're all finished that out on our series. but yeah, you know, I, I don't know, man, I've seen too many people not liking the hood chavino draft pick and I, I thought it was a good one. I said it on our, on our live draft show. I think he can play. Yeah.
1: And I, I think he's, I don't want to say he's ready to play right now, like just to pencil him in for twenty five minutes a night or anything. Yeah. I think it's hard to to say that about any rookie, But I think he is more ready to play than some other players who who would have been out there on the board. So
2: yeah, uh, I think again, fifteen minutes, minutes a night off the bench behind him yeah, probably Russell. and yeah, you know, we'll we'll figure out what those lineups look like and all that. and you know, I, maybe it's just me. I don't think you can ever go wrong with guards with size. You know, as long as they can shoot a little bit, I think he'll shoot better than he shot at Indiana last year. For whatever reason, guys just don't shoot well uh, with Indiana recent years. So, yeah, I think it'll all be be fine.
1: All right. Let's get into uh, Damian Lillard. It's going to meet with the Blazers to talk about the future. <laughs> What's going to happen there in, in Portland? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? They weren't able to move the number three pick to get that kind of superstar level return, or at least the win now talent that they were looking for. And now all eyes on Portland waiting to see what is going to happen here. It's Kate, this situation, uh, it feels like probably the right thing for Lillard and for Portland is to move on, but it's painful. And so neither one of them wants to be the one that says it. Yeah. And and wants to be the bad guy or anything at some point, does one of them bite the bullet and just say, okay, this is let's talk about a trade and let's figure this out. Or do they just keep strolling along, not discussing the elephant in the room?
2: Yeah. It feels like we've all been friends with those couples. Maybe some of y'all watching and listening have been in one of those couples Mm -hmm. where you, you know, you should break up and go your separate ways, but no one wants to be the bad guy. So you just keep it dragging out, and more often than not, that turns into then when the breakup does happen, it's ugly and gross and bad for everybody. And everybody's just kind of like, would you just break up already and you know be done with this? You know, you could could you leave it as you know if you're if you're you know they they again use a couple. Hey, you know we we're, we're we're just not good together anymore. We can still be friends. I mean, right? You could always go go there. I don't know anything about that. I was never friends with anybody after after uh, you know they broke up with me. And I'll be honest, it was usually that direction. Um, but it was, uh, you know, you you, do, you who knows, right? With this situation with, with these guys. But I'm with you. I think it's both sides. Neither wants to be the bad guy here and say let's you know let let's go our separate ways. And and now the reality is, have you noticed the reaction every time there's a new news piece on this? People are like. I don't care anymore. Like we, yeah, leave, you know, forget they're, they're it. You when know, I'm sure some people are like, Ugh, it but we all have to cover because it it's Damian Lillard. It's one yep. of the best players in the league. Now, here's the kind of fun-ish wrinkle to this is Sam Amick reported, if he does decide to go, he wouldn't mind going to Miami. Now, that's you know I think a known thing, but mm-hmm. good to have a little bit further, maybe. Uh, I don't know, confirmation's probably too strong of a word, but you know, at least you know a little further reporting on you know, Miami's where it'd like to go. And there was reports the heat backed out of uh the the chase for Bradley Beal because they wanted to preserve their assets to try to trade for Damian Lillard. So personal opinion, it's time just break up, rebuild around Scoot Sharp. Keep Simons, you know. I would try very hard if I could move Nurkic in the same deal as Lillard, really tear that thing down uh, there in Portland start over. Because you have, you are know, starting around Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp. That's that's enough for me to be happy with if I'm a fan. And I think Blazers fans, if they would admit it, are ready to do the same thing. But but we'll see. The saga drags on.
1: It continues. It continues. Maybe we need a Lillard sound effect.
2: Maybe, yeah. What, we'll come up can with something with the, yeah i don't know we'll think of something
1: yeah because we'll it's got to have some
2: it. stupid form of alliteration
1: yeah not, <laughs> that's what i'm thinking of <laughs> what kind of alliteration can we put in here we had the kevin cannon uh we had beals bells yeah. uh there there's got to be there's got to be something here that we can we can come up here dame's drums or something like yeah, that. yeah there we go i like that there we go there we go. <laughs> all right. Somebody call Travis Barker and off we go. We'll be all set there. Um, all right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the, another big name could be out there. The Rockets remain. Oh, a hey, possibility. This, came back around. this, this is back again. <laughs> it was first. It's James Harden is staying with Philly. Wait, but he might go to the Rockets. Yes. He's definitely going to the Rockets. No, wait, never mind. Now he's going back to Philly. Well, but the Rockets might still be a possibility keep to me. Look, I don't have any inside info on this, but to me this screams Harden wants leverage in negotiating his deal with Philly, so the Rockets have to remain out there as a potential option.
2: Yeah, I think if you're Philly, you're probably saying, "Hey, they come off the board, none of the other cap space teams make sense for James Harden, nor do they have the kind of spending power uh to go get him on a necessarily on anything approaching a max deal." So that starts to become Hey, it's kind of us or nobody because they're probably not interested in any kind of sign and trade or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So that turns into if you're Philadelphia. All right. So let's talk. I still believe and I just wrote this in the Sixers offseason preview. I think he goes back to Philly on less than a max deal in terms of years. I think it probably turns into another two-year deal, maybe a three-year deal with some protection on the back end for Philadelphia. And that's how, how this plays out. But I think it'll probably get close to, if not max money, this offseason from from the Sixers. But I think it'll be um, less total money is where where this will go to because the years will come down for this. But Hey man, if the Rockets are still in it, I mean they're sitting on over sixty million dollars with the new cap space uh, update. I mean that's they could they could go get Harden at forty seven point six and still have you know uh, you thirteen plus million to still spend on other guys. And Harden's done it before. Maybe Harden says Mm -hmm. I'll take forty, and you still have twenty million to go spend on other guys. Maybe that's it if he wants to go there, but yeah, it's weird. And it's going to feel like from the rockets, like I would hope they have planned B, C, D and E all worked out and ready in case this doesn't come together away. Maybe they're being played a little bit here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think where James Harden goes will be one of the first dominoes of free agency yeah. that we really need to see fall because for example, if, if, we hit June third. we hit six o'clock Eastern time, June 30th and news breaks that James Harden is going to the Rockets. Oh, like right now, everybody is using the Rockets as the boogeyman. Yeah. Hey, this, they've got so much cap space. You better sign my guy because otherwise he could go to that. They can pay him whatever they want. If they're suddenly off the board, that's going to change the entire feel of free agency. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is not a, an early decision here. And I still think it's it's going to be Philly, but you never know with James Harden, you just never really know.
2: Yeah. I'm going to ask you this question. I was asked on radio today. Yeah. Um, I was asked, is there a player that's going to kind of hold up free agency? And I said, if it's anybody, it's James Harden. And it's James mm-hmm. Harden because of the Rockets. Because I also think what happens is if the Rockets don't have a clear answer from him, Then guys like Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez, kind of what you were saying that have also been mentioned as targets for Houston, that takes them maybe out of play until the Harden situation is is solved. And then obviously my real answer was, if Damian Lillard is on the trade market, that will hold up everything. Because you'll have, you know, what, 15 teams lining up their best offer for Damian Lillard. You'll be a handful that'll be realistic that they're not in it. Um, and then, you know, the other half of the league will say, all right, let's line up our best offer. And we can't do anything else until until we, we move forward with finding out whether we can get him or not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The Damian Lillard situation, the James Harden situation, those are the two things that could grind free agency to a halt. Uh, I mean, on one hand, I say hopefully it doesn't. But on the other hand, it was kind of nice last year to, in August, be still talking about free agency because Kevin Durant essentially hit the pause button on the entire thing and then it restarted at, at some point in in August. So,
2: as the, long as it all I'm wraps always, up like, by July twenty third, I'm happy. I'm getting on a cruise ship on July twenty okay. fourth, and I am not staying locked into NBA free agency while I am uh, out cruising around uh, the Caribbean. That that is not going to be a thing. That we're,
4: we're
2: we're not going to do a front office show from the pool deck. <laughs> yeah, come on. Not with with, with, with the way cruise Wi Fi works. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> All
1: right. Let me ask you this question. Is Derek Rose still good at basketball?
2: I don't know if we know, right? I mean, we didn't see him really play it all last year for the Knicks. And the reason why we're asking is he declined or the Knicks declined their team option on mm-hmm. Rose. No real surprise. Had they picked it up, that would have raised an eyebrow. Cause to me that would have said, Oh, he's the salary match and some kind of big trade that's coming down, down the line. They need to use his contract in a trade, but to pay him, I think it was $16 million or so to be a locker room voice. And eh. that's a lot suns, bucks bulls chair, sure, I guess. I mean, the Suns are going to be linked to every single veteran that becomes available just because they have 9 million roster spots to fill. The Bucks have been linked to Rose a bunch of times over the years. So I, I guess that'd be likely again, another minimum signing. And then the bulls, they need a point guard because Lonzo ball is not going to play next year they said that you know post-draft uh our which we haven't recorded on came out and said not gonna play right he's, yeah. he's you know we're intending to not have him uh next year in case anybody's wondering you know this derrick rose topic in case anybody's wondering the bulls get no salary cap really for that he would have to be out for a full entire calendar year and retire uh before that would happen and that doesn't seem to be in the cards it seems like he's gonna make no. every attempt to continue to try and play at some point so the bulls are just sitting on that so yeah i mean i guess i, I guess i wouldn't mind seeing it kind of come full circle for derrick rose maybe Back, finish it uh, out in chicago but I, I don't know i'd probably rather just resign patrick beverly for what will likely be the same money
1: yeah agreed agreed so we'll see he'll probably wind up somewhere but yeah um i, I don't think it's gonna be Certainly not the Derrick Rose that he once was back when he was, you know, the one-time MVP.
2: And I'll say this: on it's interesting. We're going to a Wolves topic, yeah. But good on Derrick Rose for reinventing himself with the yes. Wolves. That I think led the way for, in some respects, Russell Westbrook to accept the bench role, Chris Paul to now accept the bench role because it is, hey, I can still be really productive in a huge part of a team you know, in a bench role. And that, that all started for Rose with the wolves as a bet. You know, that's where he really kind of got his career back on track and it probably bought him at least another two, three years of uh, contracts out of that because teams are like, okay, yeah, you can be a bench scoring guy. Why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's something that is not an easy thing to do. We've seen some veterans be able to do it, but it's not easy to admit that, Hey, I, now I need to take on this different role. Yep. Uh, Nas Reed signed an extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. That removes him from the free agent market. There were a bunch of teams that rolled their eyes when it happened. But uh, Nas Reed now off the market, signed. The Clippers did this a few years ago with Robert Covington. Essentially, the Wolves gave Nas Reed a little bit more than the mid-level exception, which is what we were projecting that he was going to get in free agency. was a mid-level exception type offer from somebody. And so the Wolves said, hey, we'll give you a little bit more in exchange for you not listening to the pitches from these other teams And we'll keep you. They also gave him a player option in the third year of the deal. It's going to pay him about $42 million. So I think this makes a lot of sense for Nas Reed. Makes sense for the Wolves. The one downside for Nas is he didn't get to listen to a team that might say, hey, we'll give you a starting position. Obviously, he's not going to start with the Wolves, with Karl-Anthony Towns there and Rudy Gobert. But the Wolves don't let Nas walk away for nothing. The downside being that they now pay over $90 million at the center position for next season between Towns, Gobert, and Nas Reid. But nonetheless, I I think this made sense for for everybody involved, Keith. And now, two years from now, Nas isn't even 24 yet. Two years from now, it's possible that he's back on the market again and can cash in in a big way at that point.
2: Yeah, oddly enough, back on the market right when Gobert will be two and Towns will be, I think, going into the last or oh. next last year of his contract extension. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of money locked up in the center position in the year of our Lord 2023. Uh, that is, you know, that's weird, but, you know, I guess, I mean, you know, why? My guess is for Minnesota, this was just arbitrage. We don't want to see an asset walk out of the door, mm-hmm. you know, for nothing. And why they can extend him is his contract was expiring. So he's, he's extension eligible on an expiring contract. Any player in that position can be extended all the way through June 30th. So the weird thing is this happened with Gary Harris uh, last year. Um, or two years ago, I can't remember, Tory and Prince was another one this happened with where these guys got extended and we're like, wait, are these new deals or these extensions? What's mm-hmm. happening here? And it was very confusing to understand um, what was going on because these were positions of free agency negotiations open at 6 p.m. So they're not free agents yet because they still had about six hours to go. Yeah. So it was a little little bit of oddity there. So it takes a little bit of figuring that out um, with that. But in this case, this one happens now because he was on a minimum deal. They can pay him a bump over the estimated average player salary. So that's what happens here. I like to call that the Dinwiddie extension because that mm-hmm. was the, the contract extension that Spencer Dinwiddie famously signed. Others call it the Josh Richardson because he did that type of deal. Um, I think earlier than Dinwiddie did it. Um, One last year, they could have gone out four years. But to your point, I think Nas Reed said, ah, let's cut it early. Can't let me hit that market before I'm in my mid-20s. Let me get back out there and, and go. And that's that's not... Not the worst idea uh for Nas Reed. So mm-hmm. the contract value is fine, even if a lot of the other things around it are a little weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think it just makes sense for, for them to do this. And and again, the I think it could mean good things for like Mason Plumley uh sure. on the on the market. Yeah. Obviously, it means yeah. I mean Brooke Lopez is is he's gonna look and say, Well, if Nas got this, I need you yeah, know, 20 <laughs> or, or whatever, work. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it's a good sign for the free agent big man market as well Um, because I think is a good call
2: because yeah. they're similar-ish kind of guys right where they could start they could come off the bench can be a part of a center rotation and plumley's probably like man I was probably going to get you know nine ten million I want the full mid-level amount yeah. now my guess is the Clippers just keep him because it's it's only cash and tax penalties for them so why not and keep him then you've got zubach and plumley locked in and your center rotation is basically filled and you move on from there but we'll find out here you know over the coming days
1: all right let's move on and let's talk about uh let's go here let's go josh hart uh got his option pushed back no this is something both he and the Knicks agreed to as they try to figure out a long-term deal. This is just to give them a little bit more time to come up with a deal. So I would imagine, any, who knows, by the time we publish this show, we could get breaking news that Josh Hart has agreed to an extension with uh, the New York Knicks. Because it doesn't seem like either side is all that interested in in walking away or anything. They're just negotiating here.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what this is. If Josh Hart opts in, he's on the books for just under $13 million, which is... Probably less than he would get in a first year salary as a free agent, even if he resigned with the Knicks. But then what the Knicks can do is they can give him a little bit more in an extension. So essentially what they would do is let's say the Knicks, and I'm just making the number up, but let's say they were mm-hmm. going to give him $60 million in a four-year deal. Well, they can still make sure they give him $48 million in a three-year extension because that would have, that would have plus it up for him uh, to a number. And I'd have to run the actual math. I might be slightly off on that, but I, it'll be in that range. And then what you can do then is, now he's still getting the same amount of overall money, but because you kept his first-year salary this year lower, you can get into a position where you may be in range to use the full non-taxpayer mid-level amount. Now they dip into the tax after signing a player, but still be shy of the apron. Whereas if you have to re-sign hard on a, Fair value deal and give him more money up front you're probably down to the taxpayer mid-level amount that's 7.2 million or so you know could be the difference in. there's 7.4 million now with the new uh cap projection that could be the difference in signing a good player or not
1: yeah yeah absolutely so um i i don't see this as josh hart's really going to be on the no. market or anything like that he's i don't think so either he's, he's going to return uh to yeah. the new york knicks
2: too good of a fit you know, yeah. and they gave up the first rounder. You know, it'd you have know. to be he gets the free agency and it gets really, you know, crazy for yeah. him with offers for that to even become a thing.
1: All right. Let's move on. Uh Mike Conley and Zach Collins have seen their contracts guaranteed. Yeah. Um, any surprise there with either
2: player? No, Collins was really, really good. He his, his Uh, Guaranteed date was the day after the draft Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Conley was two days after the draft So no surprise on either guy Um, Conley can still play uh, you know, the Wolves, you know, obviously need him to be their starting point guard. They got a lot better when they got him. That's no knock on D'Angelo Russell, but they just needed somebody who was more of a, hey, I'll set the table and then I'll go spot up versus mm-hmm. a guy who's more of a score first guy, uh, which is what Russell is. So Conley you know, came in, was a really good fit there. because, And a big part of that was Anthony Edwards' ascension, right? He became, he was no longer a, you know, 1A option with Towns out. He was the number one option. And you needed somebody who was very content to let him be that. That's what Conley's been. Zach Collins, he was great for the Spurs last year. Really, really good. They had him by guaranteeing him at just $7.7 7 My guess is he probably starts next to Victor Wembanyama to open the year. Kind of protects him, lets yeah. him play the four. Doesn't have to play the five right out of the gate. And then they'll figure it out as they go down the line uh, with Zach Collins. But, you know, Spurs, I remember us talking about that deal a couple of years ago when they initially signed it and being like, what are they doing?
1: Right? This guy, yeah. you
2: can't play. He's never healthy. Well, that's what they were doing, and it worked out for He's them. Back. So, you know, kudos to them.
1: Absolutely. And, and to him, you know, for, for yeah, absolutely. getting out there yeah. and being on the floor. Of course. Uh, right. Speaking of the Spurs and Victor Weminyama, Spurs fans will probably be happy to know that Victor Wembanyama <laughs> is skipping the <laughs> World early fans, too. Yes, yeah. Summer League fans as well. <laughs> you and I. It's funny that that dynamic, right? Like if you are like if I'm watching, I want to see Team USA win, right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, Paulo Bancaro is going to join Team USA, but I don't want any of my team's players to be on Team USA. <laughs> you know, like that's the yes. joke. And it's silly because if they're not playing there, they're playing somewhere, right? But still, there's that inherent oh no. This guy's going to play in August, and he's going to get hurt right before the season starts, and it's going to be awful, right? And so fans are going to be rooting for the team, but at the same time, kind of hoping like their guy isn't playing. It's just that funny dynamic with fans and uh, the national level teams.
2: I've also fully bought in. It just makes me a bad... Fan, but that the Olympics are more important than the than the World Cup are in FIBA terms. So sure. Give me the not Olympics. FIFA, you know, but yeah, you know, yeah, not definitely not in FIFA. That's you know, no. complete op. It is weird how that's completely the opposite. Yeah. In the in the two sports. But yeah, the Olympics are, you know, it's that's where, you know, yeah, get all the prime guys loaded up for the Olympics and go. Remember, they tried to do a whole thing where you got to be part of the whole cycle, right? If you're mm-hmm. not part of it didn't work because guys were like, I'm not committing to, you know, playing every summer for like four years and all this yeah. stuff. So yeah, I think you know, for team USA, you know, getting Paulo Bancaro is huge because now you you have him once you declare and actually suit up for a team, which he will this summer with USA, that's it. You're on that team uh now, you know, on the senior level, which he will be. So that puts him, you know, with them for the future. So if he becomes a super duper star, which he may. USA has him, and that's great uh, going forward. So sending a little bit less of a roster, but I think it's still going to be a fun roster. I still think it's going to be a really interesting team. On the Wambinyama side, here's why he's opting out. His season just finished right before the draft Mm -hmm. in France. So he was basically going to go from his French League season to Summer League, where he's already committed. They're going to play him at least one or two games, it sounds like. I mean, that's what they're saying right now. Then he would have gone right into World Cup uh, training camp, played in the World Cup from August to September for the you know, couple weeks of the World Cup, come back at about probably two, maybe three weeks off, and then would have had to not only get to San Antonio for training camp, but also transition his entire life to San Antonio. Yeah. Now he'll play summer league and then have the entire summer to do those things um, you know, transition, start working with the Spurs, get into whatever it is they want to do with him in their summer program. And that's, you know, where it'll go for him. And then on top of that, as he referenced, he wants to be ready for his rookie year and then to play in the Olympics in 2024. So it mm-hmm. would have been something like 200 plus games for him over a two year window. Had he you know done this, it's just not realistic, you know, and it doesn't make sense. So no. it's best for him to not play uh, this summer.
1: And Bancaro joining Team USA, uh, Italy not yeah. not thrilled, not yeah. thrilled that nope. uh, that that's happening. Had a whole campaign built around him and stuff, yeah. and then he was like, eh, "Never mind, I'm gonna go join Team USA." I mean, yeah. good get for for Team USA, of course, but uh, Italy not super happy with him
2: right now yeah i can't even pretend to be like unbiased here like if you're right. eligible for the u.s i want all the best players on
4: tv sure. USA. say
2: like i don't you know sorry i'll be an ugly american in that part of it like i i root for my country and all these sports so let's go
4: uh
1: last thing we've got for today rj hampton waived by the detroit pistons were you surprised
2: by that a little bit by the timing but it does make some sense the, the pistons his contract didn't come become fully guaranteed until the first week of July. But by doing it now, the Pistons, he's a free agent when free agency starts. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to bring him in and if somebody wants to put him on their summer league roster, which they, they may want to and say, hey, we need to see you play in summer league. Now they can just do that and get them you know, free and clear, get them on the summer league roster. Uh, minimum contracts can be signed on July 1st. Um, those are one of the, those rookie scale deals. Those are one of the only things that can be signed on July 1st. So you could see him sign right away, but it basically keeps him completely free as free agency starts. He's already cleared waivers. So this is probably the Pistons doing a solid for RJ Hampton to say, hey, let's cut you loose. The other nice thing is if there's not an NBA deal for him, he's now freed up to before all the money dries up overseas. Um, rather Mm -hmm. than the Pistons hanging on to him till, you know, the end of the first week of July, then cutting him loose. Then he's got to clear waivers. That can be really tough on a player because sometimes it's not like NBA money is sitting. He's a minimum player in the NBA. But if a European team wanted to give him a million or two or $3 million for a season, he might not have been able to get that if, uh, if that was a, you know, if he was still under contract, it might have gone out the window. And a lot of times, what European clubs do is they'll go to four or five guys from the US and they'll say, Whoever takes it first, we're happy to have any of you sign on now. And that's one of their negotiating tactics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So look, the international game is something that we have to be aware of, especially as we get closer into summer league and stuff. And some mm-hmm. of these guys are looking for deals, not just, not just with, an NBA team. That's what we tend to focus on. And there's a reason for that. But when we see these guys playing at summer league, it's they're looking for potentially a contract overseas as well. Um, That kind of stuff matters. And in the case of RJ Hampton, that may be a situation for him.
2: Yeah. For anybody listening or watching Trevor and I can both tell you summer league is, is filled with overseas yes. scouts and agents um, from all these, these um, overseas leagues and teams and uh, overseas representation. And and often we will see players, sometimes they'll play in the first couple games of summer league, and then all of a sudden they're off the roster. And it's sometimes it's because, in the case of Brandon Paul, I don't know if you remember that one, he was playing for, I believe it was the Cavs summer league team, played really well and the Spurs, signed him to a fully guaranteed contract. So mm-hmm. he jumped to the Spurs. Um, other times it's because a, team over overseas i always want to say europe but we let's be fair it's not always europe sometimes it's china or uh, sometimes south america now those leagues are getting stronger um but sometimes those teams will jump in they will sign a player um to one of those contracts and then then they're they they don't play anymore in summer league because it's you're we don't want you to risk getting hurt um to get out there so yeah it's it's a big showcase for you guys to find jobs in basketball that's that's a big 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 part of it Kind of interesting this year too. Did you notice we had our flood of two-way agreements and mm-hmm. Exhibit Ten deals, but we didn't get them all. Like there's still a lot of open things yeah. around out there. I think it's that third two-way spot. Teams are like, I don't want to lock in yet. I want to make sure and see where our roster plays out. Then we'll go about locking those in. So that that's just a little wrinkle too. There's a lot of competition, which should hopefully lead to a you know better. Brand of basketball. I don't have super high hopes. That's you know what summer league becomes. But, summer league, um, yeah. Summer league is not really it's about. Not always pretty basketball. No. Um, you know, <laughs> in most cases, especially the deeper we get into the week. On that note, dude, we're like a week out from. That's from right. Summer league, which is unbelievable. We'll be uh, We'll be out there. Um, we'll, we will share with everybody when we're ready. Uh, what our recording times are, and you guys can come see. And then we're gonna put something out there during a uh, window. While well, we're out there at Thomas and Mack and Cox Pavilion, where maybe the games aren't the best, um, mm-hmm. we're you know hey we're we're hanging out over here. If anybody wants to come say hi or whatever, we'll throw that out on on Twitter or whatever it is. But we we will be there uh, for summer league. We're super excited about that.
1: That's right. Going to be a lot of fun. Always enjoy go to summer league. One of the highlights of the year. But yep. that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel and of course over on the podcast feed as well free agency kicks off this week we're gonna to have tons of stuff to break down all the news all the rumors so again make sure you are subscribing till next time everybody see ya and stay safe
4: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance